The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome, everyone. Sharp Lessons. Happy Wednesday. We are Stadium Sports Betting Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Stadium Bets, posting all of our best bets on Twitter. You can uh, give us a rate, give us a review wherever you get the podcast. I think Apple Podcasts has all the uh, ratings and the reviews. So let us know what you think. We're uh, trying to keep the betting streak going. Had a pretty good week last weekend. And uh, Nate, I think we're doing well. Yeah, college continues to be a, a little bit of a slog, and it's rough, but I guess luckily for us, or at least for me, there's only two full weeks left of the regular season, then conference championship week, and then bowl games, which are a little different than the regular season, but tough stuff in college football for me personally, but the NFL ended up going pretty well for me, especially on the contest front. I tweeted out Sunday morning, eight different potential picks, one where it was picks for a contest where I take five sides, one where I take seven sides, so I added two more, and then one that just missed the cut, and those went seven and one with the loser on the Browns. So the contest stuff has been good. If you were betting late Sunday morning, maybe that was helpful. I know a lot of the lines were stale, like the Lions plus eight and a half, and then I think there was a few other ones that moved because of injury, but hopefully that was good, and hoping to keep up the NFL success on the contest front and have a best bet I like a lot in the NFL that I think is going to move. And if it already moves, I think we'll just get it at what the uh, the available price where I think it'll move so you can get the best bet if you're listening to this a little bit later. Yeah, you've got the NFL. I have uh, an NBA best bet to give out along with the article that's coming out on WatchStadium.com. But I do want to say appreciate you holding down the show on Monday as I was out uh, and your boy Andy also coming on helping with that. Um, so that was good. That went well, too, I think. Yeah, I just wanted to get out ahead of some of the line moves, some of the bigger games in college football in terms of line movement that we might not talk about at least today. Because there's some decent college football games, but don't think I need to rehash some of them as we talked on Monday. And then the best bet is actually coming from a game that I kind of hinted at on Monday. So excited to give that out at the end of the show. Yeah, I was uh, stuck on jury duty. And, you know, I don't want to be called a hero, but I did serve the citizens of Cook County during that day. So... <laughs> It was a good day. Um, Thank you. Let's just get into Yeah, of course. You know, no need to call me a hero. Uh, Sharp lesson, short list. Let's get to three college football games, three NFL games that we're looking at. The prime game for college football, number seven against number four, Michigan State going to Ohio State with Ohio State laying 19. That total at 68 and a half. Just a couple moments ago, it was 67 and a half. And it looks like it's it went up a full point. Yeah, the total has gone up a little bit. Uh, I think yesterday it was even 66.5, but the opener at the Circus Sportsbook in Las Vegas was 72.5, which is pretty to cr- crazy to see in a game involving Michigan State if you've been following Michigan State football the last few years, but they have a little bit of a different identity where it's still 
a pretty strong defensive-minded team with Mel Tucker, although they do give up some big plays, and Ohio State is an offense that can get the big plays with C.J. Stroud, Garrett Wilson, and Chris Olave at wide receiver with Stroud as the quarterback and one of the Heisman frontrunners. But Michigan State has two receivers who can stretch the field. They also have a Heisman contender of their own in Kenneth Walker who is in the top three with Bryce Young and Stroud for Heisman Trophy. So interesting game because it's a battle between two of the top three Heisman guys, even though C.J. Stroud seems like he's just benefiting from being at a big program with NFL-ready wide receivers and not actually the reason Ohio State is having so much success offensively. But I think the line seems high. It's seven versus four. It's a very similar point spread to what we saw last week when Ohio State hosted Purdue. But if you look back two weeks ago, when Michigan State went to Purdue, that was a very close spread game where Michigan State was the road favorite, but less than a field goal, and Purdue won outright. So I think this line is probably about right, maybe a little bit inflated towards Ohio State, as this is kind of a game where they need a win, obviously, and they're at home, and Michigan State has a lot of, there's a lot of doubts, and you can poke a lot of holes in the Spartans despite having one loss and being the seventh ranked team in the country. So in terms of the side, I'm going to pass. The total, maybe if it gets back up a little bit, maybe look back at playing under if it gets like 70 or something as we've gone up two points over the last 24 hours. But a game I think I'm just going to watch and be interested in in watching on Saturday. I I think there's a lot of better betting opportunities on the card. The under is definitely something I would be interested, especially if it keeps going up. Um, That that 70 mark, I'd be very interested in hitting the under if it stays around that 70 mark and keeps going back up but I, I definitely can't take a side i took purdue first half against ohio state last week and that really did not work out for me so i think i'm going to stay away from betting first halves against ohio state from here on out but you know i could i could see michigan state playing close with them i can i just can't see how many times if they would play you know in 100 games how many times michigan state would actually stay close with them for the majority of the game so i'll probably Stay away from a side in this one and look, like you said, towards the under is probably the smart move. Uh, under in a Big Ten game when the total is like towards 70, you can't really go too wrong there, in my opinion. Um, Arkansas at Alabama, the second college football game we wanted to talk about. 21 Arkansas, number two in the nation, the Crimson Tide. They're laying 21 points at home with that total at 58. Another high spread game. A little bit of a high total at 58, not super high. But, again, Alabama just seems like that team that can struggle to cover a spread against a team like Arkansas. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I I think this line is a bit high, even though I'm not totally high in Arkansas. And they're going back on the road after winning a, a rivalry game at LSU in overtime. So maybe the spot isn't perfect for Arkansas, especially I believe that got them to six wins and they're bowl eligible. They actually might have seven, so they may have been bowl eligible. But, yeah, nothing much for me on this game right now. I would be wary, though, backing the Crimson Tide, laying such a big number, especially because you think they just need to – they're in a good spot because they're number two in the playoff. They just need to go out there, win the game. They have a big game at Auburn next week, which has been at times a troublesome spot for uh, Nick Saban's Alabama the last four times they've gone to Auburn they've lost three of them and I know it's a much different program makeup I guess and Bo Nix is hurt but it's still like kind of a little bit of a look ahead but obviously I don't wouldn't put Alabama in the look ahead section because they don't look ahead to many opponents because they're so well coached but then two weeks you have the SC title game 
against Georgia, and you, they need to win the next three games unless there's complete chaos to make the playoffs. So wouldn't bet Alabama full game. I guess you can go back to the first half well. I think Arkansas might struggle to score here, so maybe the under. But for me, it's going to be a, a pass and kind of just interested to see what Alabama looks like as they kind of go down to the home stretch and their schedule gets a little bit harder. Oregon at Utah, number three, Oregon, number 23, Utah. Utah minus three, that total 59. Uh, Utah, the home favorites against a much higher ranked Oregon Ducks team. Yeah, I didn't I didn't make a mistake in the rundown like I have the last few weeks. <laughs> but, yeah, Utah is indeed the favorite, the 23rd ranked team in the college football playoff against the number three team in the college football playoff. And I'm pretty sure that line just kind of indicates what the uh, betting market thinks of Oregon and why I personally don't want them in the playoff, because I don't think they're very good. I don't think they're a top three team. They're barely a top 10 team, in my opinion. And Utah, I know, had a disappointing start to the season. Charlie Brewer transfer. Cam Rising comes in at quarterback. They've kind of right the ship in conference play. believe they already clinched the Pac-12 South, so they're going to get a rematch against the same Oregon team to try to spoil their playoff chances. But I think they have a great shot Saturday night in Salt Lake City in front of their home crowd to get it done. I was really hoping this line would open at a pick'em. A pick'em would have been great. I would have definitely bet on Utah, but the betting market is uh, is a bit more sophisticated now, as more people are betting and they know that Oregon not as good as their ranking, and Utah is out to a three-point favorite. Even saw some three and a half. It looks like uh, it went back down to three, but like three minus one fifteen. So. If there's anything you can see by the, the line, Utah is definitely the, the side in this game. Because of that, it's either Utes or pass for me. Yeah, and the interesting thing is looking at Oregon. They're 4-6 and six against the spread this season. So they're, they're not a team that is covered. But if you look at them as road dogs, they're 2-0. and oh. right. So I, I don't know if that's something you want to take into account as them being road dogs and being undefeated, even though it's a small sample size as road dogs. But that's something to keep in mind that if if you like Oregon or you think they are a good team, even if they're not, even if they shouldn't be number three in the country, getting them as a as a field goal underdog on the road may not be a terrible spot. Yeah, potentially. I think the games you're referring to, week two against Ohio State, which is a, yep. was a huge upset. Uh, especially because Kayvon Thibodeau was out for the Ducks in that game. And then the other game, mid-October, they went to UCLA. UCLA gets up 14-0. Oregon comes back. I believe that line, though, was always less than a field goal. So it's kind of a similar situation here. I just think about Utah. They can match the physicality of a team like Oregon. Oregon likes to run the ball. Mario Cristobal, that's that's his mentality as a former offensive lineman, as a player and an offensive line coach. I mean, they had Justin Herbert there two years ago, and they still were running the ball more than throwing just because that's their identity. And Utah is a team that has strong play in the trenches traditionally, so it's a little bit different than the Chip Kelly UCLA where it might not be – it might be more speed than it is toughness in the uh, on the offense and their identity. So I think Utah is just a tougher matchup, a much stronger home field than the Rose Bowl in Pasadena in the afternoon. I mean, 530 Salt Lake City – at a very tough place to play in elevation. It's a much different yeah. story. Add in the extra playoff pressure for Oregon, and I really like the situation for Utah. i just not sure I can bet Utah at this number at minus three. 
If it dipped below minus threes, and sure, I was really hoping for a pick em, like I said. It's definitely not going to get there. It opened at this number, and it looks like it's going to stay there. If, if Oregon somehow takes money, and I don't think they will, then I'll bet Utah a little bit more, maybe on the money line if it gets like to minus 125 or something. But for me, it's definitely a total pass on Oregon. It's either Utah or nothing. I, you also have to keep in mind Pac-12 refs. Pac-12 wants to keep Oregon in the top uh, top four. Well, they they do, but then why did they give them a phantom pass interference at Stanford when they lost there yeah. in October? When Oregon at the time was clearly the only hope for the Pac-12. So I don't <laughs> know if the Pac-12 refs have the memo. I think they're so bad that they can't even, they can't even follow that, right? instructions and. I, they can't I think, even rig games correctly. Yep, basically. But yeah, Pac-12 <laughs> refs, definitely the worst in college football. And I know Big 12 refs, the worst in college basketball. And the NFL refs are the worst in the NFL, which, speaking of the NFL, let's go into some of these NFL games. Packers at the Vikings with the Packers at minus two. Total 49 for this game. A little bit high, um, but it, it makes sense. You know, neither defense for this team is outstanding or stands out really in a way. Um, and they can both score pretty well. But it's interesting. On the road, Packers are uh, still a two-point favorite. Yeah, and this was actually two and a half as of this morning right before we recorded. It looks like the Vikings take, are taking the, the moves and the money right now. And I was interested to see if this would get to Packers minus three because if that was the case, I'd be probably making a best bet on the Vikings at plus Let's three. Go Vikings. I, I do like the Vikings in this game. I just don't understand why the Packers closed minus three at home against the Seahawks team where it was cold weather and Russell Wilson was coming off a broken finger and playing his first game. And then this is basically the same line that's going down a little bit, but it, it got to three at one point for like a very short window. And then probably someone bet the Vikings plus three, but the Vikings, I don't think they're much worse team than the Seahawks, and they're at home in this game. So this line really doesn't make sense to me. And I know I bet the Packers last week at minus three because of several reasons, but the Packers offense did struggle last week. And as you mentioned, that total might be a little bit high. I see the Packers offense struggling a little bit without Aaron Jones. I know A.J. Dillon is a capable backup, and they drafted him high, but it's a little bit different when it's just him and not, they don't have the pass-catching threat in the backfield like Aaron Jones. I think the Vikings, better team than their record shows at 4-5. and five. This is a huge game for them to get to 5-5. Five and five. The Vikings are a team that have lost all five of their games by seven points or less. So Minnesota is a great, I think, a great teaser leg this week up to plus eight right now. If you can make sure you get them to plus seven and a half or better, I would tease the Vikings, especially in a game with kind of a league average total. But as you said, that total might be a little bit high where I could see the under being the side in terms of the over under. So a lower total or mid range total that you kind of lean under Vikings play a lot of close games. I see this as a pretty close game. So Vikings teaser is probably my favorite way to bet this game, but I'll definitely Bet the Vikings straight or just single bet and use them in contest this week and that's as the a road underdog. But the, the Vikings, too, that secret is out of the bag about them playing in close games. I mean, that's been referenced on TV a good amount. So, <laughs> yeah. so people know and better should know that the Vikings love to play in close games. And 
I, for me, I think this is a game, Nate, where the Packers could get out to an early lead and I could see the Vikings doing something to come from behind. So I may even wait to live bet a game like this, um, just thinking the Packers can start out hot and the Vikings can settle down at home and, and make a push in the second half. So I may do something like with a live bet for the Vikings and hoping the Packers get an early touchdown. But again, I, I, I'll, I trust you generally with the Vikings because you've been on and off of them all season long and you, and you tend to hit them in the right spot. So I, I'm going to follow your lead. With Minnesota, um, but it is it is very hard to bet against the Packers, even without Aaron Jones, just because of how good they have been when Aaron Rodgers is there. Yeah, and I actually think it's going to be the opposite. And we've seen the Vikings get out to the double digit lead so often this season and blow it. It happened mm-hmm. last week, and they almost and they blew the lead, and then they ended up winning against the Chargers. But then two weeks ago, they had two 14 point leads against the Ravens, lost in overtime. So I could see a situation where the Vikings get out to a fast start. And then it's kind of like holding on to dear life and how conservative does Mike Zimmer get and does he cost them the game and do the Packers come back? So I think that if you like the Vikings, definitely could see them bet them before the game. And I mean, obviously there's a chance where the Packers start off hot, but if you, the Vikings get up and you bet the Vikings, maybe bet the Packers at a live line and try to middle the game, just knowing that the Vikings have trouble holding on to leads. Uh, next game for the NFL, Cardinals at the Seahawks. Cardinals minus two and a half with that total at 48 and a half. Nate, Cardinals, like the Packers, are a road favorite uh, against the Seahawks team that is going to have Russell Wilson. It does have Russell Wilson back, but they did not look like the old Russell Wilson Seahawks when he was back against uh, the Packers. So I think it seems a lot of people don't have a ton of faith for the Seahawks, even playing at home. Yeah, Wilson didn't play well, but it was also in 30-degree weather. His return from the middle finger surgery was kind of more of an aggressive return than the original timetable, and clearly he wasn't 100%. I looked like he had issues gripping the ball. I mean, he had extremely bad accuracy problems. You'd expect him maybe to play a little bit better at home an extra week with the finger injury. Pete Carroll did say he wants to go back to running the ball, which is just classic Pete Carroll after the offense struggles and and they lose. Uh, But although this matchup, you might want to run the ball because the Cardinals' weakness, especially on defense, is stopping the run. So this actually might be a a decent spot to be a little bit more balanced, hopefully not too conservative, which is always a worry with the Seahawks in general. But this line, I think, is a little bit – it's, it's hard to say, like, confidently make a bet right now because this line, I think, indicates Kyler Murray's going to return from the ankle injury that kept him out for two games. So if he does come back and he does play, I'd actually be interested in the Seahawks just because maybe Murray's not 100%. The Cardinals are going to be a home favorite against a Seahawks team that really needs this game because they're still in striking distance of a playoff spot, but they cannot lose this game. I believe they're three and six this season so don't want to drop to three and seven especially Mm -hmm. losing a game at home but if murray doesn't play and and kingsbury kind of was very uh i don't know uncertain when he was talking about murray status for this week i could see the seahawks becoming a favorite and if colt mccoy is healthy i know he got banged up and his start on sunday then i wouldn't mind taking a shot on the cardinals 
if if Murray doesn't play. So it's kind of one of those weird situations where if Murray does play, I like the Seahawks. If Murray doesn't play, I like the Cardinals just based on what the line is going to do. Because if Murray's in, the Cardinals are going to be a, ho- a road favorite, and I'd like the Seahawks. But if it adjusts too much and overcompensates, the Seahawks end up being like a three-point favorite. Then I think the Cardinals, we saw Colt McCoy, what he did against the 49ers. He had a bad game last week. They got down quick. But I can see them playing a little bit better regardless of who the quarterback is this week. So it's a, it's a tough game to handicap now. I know the total's gone down for what that what it's worth. Maybe that's because of Carroll's quotes about wanting to go back to running the ball. But uh, it's it's kind of tough with thinking of both quarterback situations for both teams because Wilson is clearly not 100%. One of the premier games of the weekend, Cowboys at the Chiefs in Kansas City. Chiefs uh, minus two and a half, 56 and a half is the total, a high total in the NFL this weekend for Cowboys at Chiefs. And uh, if you watched anything about the Chiefs last week, Nate, they're back, apparently. People think they're back. I mean, Patrick Mahomes looked good. Uh, it, it just seemed like they had their offensive flow back. Everyone was getting touches. Um, Kelsey was talking about how he feels a lot better in the offense and the team is playing a lot better. And then on the other side, you have the Dallas Cowboys, who have had some embarrassing losses this season, but in general do seem like a, a pretty talented team, at least offensively. It's, this is a tough line. It's under a field goal at minus two and a half for the Chiefs at home, a, a place where they do tend to play really well, and the Cowboys on the road are, are less of a, a team you can trust. But it's under a field goal, and I think you're going to see a lot of people, I would assume, take the Chiefs here. Yeah, the, you mentioned the embarrassing loss. The Cowboys two weeks ago lose to the Broncos. They get down early, and it was Dak's first game back off the, the calf injury, so kind of a throwaway. They, they're also a team you could say is back because they end up winning mm-hmm. 43-3 to against the Falcons in a game where the starters didn't have to play in the last quarter. So both teams off impressive performances. And this look-ahead line was Chiefs minus 2.5. The lines reopen on Sunday afternoon, kind of after the late games. And the line for this game was a pick but that was before the Chiefs Sunday night game. The Chiefs put out a good performance, and this line goes back to two and a half. So I think it's kind of what you think about the Chiefs, and it's do you think they're back? I know everyone's saying they're back, but I think uh, – I don't know if you're being a little sarcastic that they were back, but I know we don't <laughs> think highly of the Raiders. So is that justified, the move that line back to two and a half in a game that we were kind of expecting the Chiefs offense maybe to be in a good spot against the Vegas defense that – they have experience against. So I think that's the big question in this game. I think there's a chance you might be getting another discount on the Chiefs if they are actually back and they're playing at home under a field goal. I mean, that's a great spot, it seems like, for Patrick Mahomes. But at the same time, I have a lot of respect for the Dallas Cowboys, especially their offense. And I can make a case that this line should be closer to a pick as it was on the original look ahead or on the original reopen on Sunday evening as opposed to what it is right now. Hoping the Cowboys get to minus three in this game. Not sure if it's going to happen, honestly, but maybe in a game with a high total and the Chiefs being such a popular team to bet on, it'll happen, although can't really say that because the Cowboys just as popular, especially with their seven and two record. Yeah. I was just I, I was just going through that in my mind. You're thinking, you know, the Chiefs are always a team that everyone loves to bet on, and then they are betting favorite a lot of games that they play, and they get a lot of the money, a lot of the handle. But it's also the Dallas Cowboys, and they're going to get a lot of that as well. So you're, 
I don't think this is a situation where you're getting one line unfairly over another, where we sometimes see the Chiefs are overinflated, um, especially early on this season. So I, this probably is about a fair line as, as you can get. I don't. I just don't know. I think if it gets to three, like you said, Cowboys are going to get hammered. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I probably doesn't get to plus three because. This line basically says the Chiefs are a better team than the Cowboys, and maybe going into the season, yes, absolutely, that is true. But now we've had enough sample size where both teams have played nine or ten games, and I think we know what these teams are. Maybe the Chiefs have a second gear, and that's always the worry of the if you're an opponent of the Chiefs. But I think I have enough respect for the Cowboys that even on the road, that they'll be able to have a lot of success with CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott, even some of their secondary weapons. Getting Michael Gallup back is a is a big deal for the Cowboys to have that third wide receiver. And then Tony Pollard is a good backup. So I, I really like the Cowboys' offense against the Chiefs' defense. And the Chiefs, I, I think we're this line is basically banking on that they are almost back to their form that we expected before the season, and I'm just not sure that's true not sure if i'm going to bet the cowboys they might not even be mentioned in the picks segment but it's definitely a side i'm going to consider and something i might use in the contest that i uh will play on sunday morning and make my decision on all right let's do our situations of the week what's the situation we'll start with the hangover game lousy hangover the baylor bears and as we all know baylor is coming off that win against oklahoma as uh, now they are ranked 11th, I believe, in the country. But they play this week. They play Kansas State. It's a, it's a, one of those classic hangover spots for a team like Baylor going on the road against Kansas State after a hard-fought game against an Oklahoma game, which obviously has been on their calendar and on their schedule for a long time, a game they've been looking forward to. They finally did it. They got the win. And now they have to go on the road and play an unranked Kansas State. Hangover game is perfect here. And this might be a best bet for Friday on Kansas State with Baylor coming off the storm the field win. I feel like I've just been picking on the teams off storm the field wins, and for the most part, it's successful. So I'm not going to start now. On Saturday afternoon, I was watching college football with my friend Matt, and as soon as Baylor was rushing the field, I quickly looked on my phone and checked the phone and was like, I really want to fade Baylor next week. And sure enough, yeah. They get Kansas State on the road, and I think Kansas State's the perfect team that you want to back in this situation because the point spread is going to be reasonable over right now. It's Kansas State minus one, but it's kind of been going back and forth in terms of who the favorite is and even some pick em. But Kansas State, well-coached team. They play better than maybe their talent is. They're 7-3 and three themselves. They're on a four-game win streak. This is a big game for them. It's an early evening kickoff at Kansas State. No, we're going to get great crowd support. I think this is a great spot to fade Baylor. We'll likely give it out as a best bet on Friday's show. Let's see where this line goes. Maybe Baylor becomes the favorite because this line is a little too short. But I think the situation strongly favors Kansas State, so I'll be on the, the Wildcats on Saturday. The sandwich game. Sandwich. We have a couple sandwich games. Michigan, they helped me win my best bet on the money line against Penn State in Happy Valley, so I appreciate that from the Wolverines. But they do have a sandwich game going to Maryland this week and uh, getting ready for that Ohio State game in two weeks. Uh, well, I guess next week. Um, so they're coming off the, the win against Penn State. They have Maryland this week. They have Ohio State next week, a game they will always and forever look forward to. So that Maryland game... I don't know how much of a trap game it is, but sandwich game fits into that. 
feel super trappy, honestly, just having this game against Maryland, a team that's not a traditional Big Ten school, and you have to go on the road, and you have Ohio State next week. And if Ohio State beats Michigan State at noon Eastern, then Michigan will know that the game against Ohio State will decide who wins the Big Ten East because Michigan State would have two losses, and you don't have to worry about the head-to-head loss against Michigan State. This game's at 3.30 Eastern, so Michigan will know what the result of that game is, or maybe they'll try to block it out, but someone's going to know there's an out-of-town scoreboard, I'm sure, in College Park. So they're going to know that Ohio State, 19-point favorite, if they get the win, this is going to be even more of a look-ahead game, and they'll be maybe thinking ahead of the Big Ten East uh, showdown for, for a trip to Indianapolis for the Big Ten title. So this may, could be even more of a look-ahead game than it already is playing Maryland with the sandwich at last week, big win against Penn State. The problem is I'm not sure I can trust Maryland. I actually bet on them last week at plus 13 against Michigan State. thought Michigan State was due for a letdown. They couldn't cover that big number. No. Last month I backed the Maryland Terps against Minnesota. Again, looking at that loss, that looks even worse based on Minnesota's last few results. So not sure I can trust Maryland, but they are at home. Maybe this is one last hurrah for uh, Mike Loxley's team as they try to spoil the uh, season for a uh, a fellow Big Ten East foe who's kind of dominated them in this series. We've got Ole Miss as another sandwich team this week, coming off a Texas A&M win by uh, 10 points. They got Vanderbilt this week, and they have Mississippi State Thanksgiving night, the Egg Bowl. Everyone loves watching that game. It's always one of the craziest football games of the year. So they have that to look forward to, and they have less than a week to prepare for that game as well. It's five days after the game against Vanderbilt, so maybe a spot you want to hit uh, the Commodores. Yeah, it's great to have the Egg Bowl back on Thanksgiving night where it belongs. I know last year that couldn't happen because of the the way the college football season worked out, and that's totally understandable, but good to have it back in this natural spot. But five days before, Ole Miss has to play Vanderbilt, and the problem is it's Vanderbilt, and it's not a good team at all. The worst <laughs> no. team in the SEC, one of the worst Power 5 teams in the country. But the line is 36-and-a-half. Ole Miss coming off that huge win against A&M where Lane Kiffin was the game day guest picker. And I just felt something about that game that like that meant a lot to the Ole Miss program to kind of put them on the map. They needed that signature win. So you have that letdown. You have the look ahead. I mentioned on Saturday when I was watching college football that I was hoping that Baylor was playing a tough team, and sure enough, they are in Kansas State. I actually did the same Saturday night when A&M was putting the, together the finishing touches against, or sorry, Ole Miss was putting together the finishing touches against A&M and was disappointed to see Vanderbilt was the team that they're facing. But this is a big number, 36.5. I could actually Oof. think make a case for the under just because of Ole Miss's injuries that there's going on with Matt Corral not at 100% and some of their wide receivers down. So maybe Vanderbilt and or the under in this game, 64.5, but definitely a tough spot for Ole Miss with the Egg Bowl on deck. All right, we have two look-ahead games coming up. Uh, we have Auburn and we have Oklahoma State. Out of those two, which one are you more confident in maybe the underdog covering? I'm actually going to say South Carolina, and, and part of the reason why is Bo Nix is out for the season. Um, the, Auburn coming off a very tough loss against Mississippi State, where they were up 25, and, and Mississippi State, I think, scored 40 in a row on them. 
Uh, and then you have the look-ahead game and for Auburn, playing Alabama next week in the Iron Bowl. And that's always a big game for them and the game that they probably think they could win at home. Gus Malzahn in his last four times playing Alabama at home won three of them in 2013, 2017, and 2019. And South Carolina is one win away from being bowl eligible, and next week they'll host Clemson. So I know Auburn and Clemson amazingly are probably like equal teams this season, maybe Auburn even a little bit better. But South Carolina has two times to get bowl eligible. That would be huge for the program and Shane Beamer's first season. I think that they have a shot to get it done this week, especially Auburn without Bo Nix, who I know isn't good on the road, but has played a little bit better in general this season. So I think South Carolina would be the way I look in terms of backing or fading a team in a look-ahead situation with Auburn having to play Alabama at home next week. Interesting. More than uh, the Oklahoma State look-ahead. Yeah, I I just think Texas Tech is kind of in a tough situation themselves. They hired the new coach last week. Uh, He's a Baylor assistant coach, but he had a very empowered press conference. I'm sure the players were excited about the prospect of playing for a guy like that. And then Texas Tech – Basically, like the same point spread as last week, upset Iowa State at home, winning the game on a 62-yard field goal. So maybe Texas Tech has a little bit of a letdown here. I don't think Oklahoma State's good, but Oklahoma State has Oklahoma at home next week. So I wouldn't be surprised if Oklahoma State struggles to cover a big number just because I have some question marks about their offense. All right, let's talk some bets out, Nate. Let's uh, let's look at some bets that we want to talk out for Friday's show that we're thinking of making a best bet for. There's only one thing I want you fellas to do. What's that? Talk me out of it. Um, Nebraska, you put on here. They play Wisconsin, um, and that line is around nine in favor of Wisconsin. Forty-two is the total. So, is this you looking at a low total and saying Nebraska can cover nine if that total's so low? Basically, but also I have maybe more faith in the three and seven Nebraska Cornhuskers than most. I know they've lost every close game, and I think their wins this year were against like Fordham, Buffalo, and Northwestern. But, I mean, Wisconsin is playing better, but they are a big favorite, and Nebraska at least is a a decent team, even though they lose all the close games. So they lose so many close games, why not lose another close game? But if they do lose and it's close with a low total – They'd cover the spread, and then Scott Frost gets the contract. Uh, I don't know if they called it extension, but they reworked his contract to lower the buyout. And basically, I think it means, like, we might fire you next year, but we're not going to have to pay as high of a buyout, but we'll give you, like, some extra years of security if you do do well. So now they're off a buy. I'm sure they uh, Nebraska not going to make a bowl game because they have seven losses this year, but they close the season with Wisconsin and Iowa. So I'm sure that they're going to treat these games very seriously almost like bowl games and i can see it starting this week and maybe covering a big number against a wisconsin offense that is playing better but it's still a lot of trust in graham mertz who uh a guy i believed in before the season in september and now i'm totally out on oregon state is the uh other game that you wanted to talk out in college football they are home dogs against Arizona State, uh, three-point underdogs with that total at 58.5. So you're thinking of betting against Arizona State and taking the home dogs with Oregon State? Yes, Oregon State is what I'm thinking uh, for this game against Arizona State, Oregon State, plus three, Pac-12 after dark. Arizona State just played at Washington where they escaped with a win against a Washington team that is in total disarray. 
So I don't think that was a very impressive performance by Arizona State last week. And then they have to go back to the Pacific Northwest for a night game that's on national TV. I'm sure Oregon State is going to be rocking on Saturday night. And just Arizona State team, I haven't been impressed with this season. I know there's some been distractions off the field like from before the year, but definitely going to consider Oregon State this week at plus three in the, one of the latest games on the board. All right, the Thursday night football game. Tomorrow night, the Falcons. Bet you wanted to talk out as they take on the New England Patriots, a team that is seemingly getting better by the week. People liking Mac Jones's play. The Falcons are seven-point underdogs at home to the New England Patriots. 47 is the total. I kind of like this. I can get on the train with the Falcons. They just got absolutely embarrassed last week. They're, they're one of those teams, too, that, you know, they get embarrassed. You're down on them. You're like, I'm, I'm done touching them. But then you get a line like a touchdown underdog against the against the Patriots at home on a Thursday night. It's like they, they almost don't have anything to lose. They might as well just go all out here. Yeah, we've seen so much in the NFL the last three weeks of just the really bad teams winning outright against teams we think are the best in the NFL, where every week it's like, oh, is this the best team in the NFL? And they go out and lose. I think this week the Patriots are the prime example coming off that 38-point win against the Cleveland Browns in a game that was a very close spread game. It was basically a toss-up with New England as the favorite because they were at home. Falcons lost by 40 to the Dallas Cowboys where there was starters for both teams pulled late in the third quarter. So I think it's a perfect storm backing the team that lost by 40 four days after beating the team or playing a team that won by 38. As crazy as that sounds, but the look at line for this game was Patriots minus four. Now we're out to seven. I know that the results were very dramatic on each side, but I don't know if a three point line move is warranted. So I like the Falcons here. I'm going to bet the Falcons at plus seven. Not a best bet. Not one of my favorite bets of the week just because of some of the injury concerns of the Falcons. And also it's Bill Belichick against Arthur Smith, a first-year head coach on a short week. So not a, a lot of advantages for the Falcons in terms of matchup and maybe the situation, but the number is just too good to pass up. So Falcons plus seven, going to stay on the train of primetime home dogs, which seems like have been pretty good the last few weeks with the 49ers on Monday night. I know the uh, Seahawks a few weeks ago, and, and then before the Titans went on their run, they were a six-point underdog against the Buffalo Bills. So going to keep that going, take the Falcons. A little small bet on plus seven on Thursday Night Football. I love it. I, I kind of like the under, too, uh, a little bit here. At 47 seems a, a little bit high here. Um, I don't love it. I don't know if I'm going to bet the under, but I, as the game approaches tomorrow, I might start thinking if that under goes to 47 and a half, 48, I may, I may start hitting the under. But I like the logic, Nate. I like the logic. With the Falcons, I think if we've seen anything from the NFL this year, it's relying on heavy favorites is probably not the smart way to go, especially after games where the favorite played really well and the underdog played really poorly. Usually teams in the NFL are too good to just have completely two awful weeks in a row unless you're like bottom of the barrel. And the Falcons are close, but I don't think they're bottom of the barrel NFL. Yeah, especially the last three weeks where there has been a lot of kind of carnage and survivor pools and people who like to parlay money line favorites. I know the first seven weeks, I think every seven point or more favorite won outright. So if you were a teaser player, money line parlay player, survivor, you probably survived the first seven weeks. The last three weeks have probably been pretty brutal for your standing and survivor and probably your wallet. 
Finally, the last thing you wanted to talk out, the Colts going to Buffalo, playing the Bills. Uh, that's another touchdown underdog for Indianapolis. 50-and-a-half is the total, and you are leaning towards the Colts here. Yeah, I think this line is a bit high just because I don't know how good the Bills are. I know that they're probably the best team in the AFC, but as a seven-point favorite against a team in the Colts, I think is a little, probably at least above average at the current state they're in, that they're a little bit healthier than they were before the year. Kind of like the Colts. I imagine the Colts are going to play a very ball control game, keep Josh Allen off the field, and they're able to do that with Jonathan Taylor, their star running back. So I kind of like that situ- that angle for the Colts, and just the number is a little bit big. I personally think this game should be six and a half, so getting seven or even some seven and a halfs are floating out there with some juice on the underdog. I kind of like the Bills. Probably going to play them in contest. Might bring them up on Friday's show as a bet. Don't think it's going to get to a best bet unless there's something hidden or an injury that changes my mind. But the Bill or the Colts, pardon me, against the Bills are a team that I kind of like on Sunday, week 11 of the NFL. All right, so we have two best bets, one each, that we wanted to give out. Uh, early best bets, too. Uh, and you really, you really like this best bet that you want to give in the NFL. Yeah. The Washington football team plus three. Why is that your best bet? Yeah, I had this circled as a potential best bet actually on Monday. If you listen to Monday's show, kind of hinted that this could be a bet for me, especially because it was at minus three at the time. And I was thinking it could go up. It did go up, and now it's coming back down to, to plus three. But the Washington football team, I bet it at minus plus three and a half this morning because I can kind of see that there was a chance the line would move. But we'll grade it just for grading purposes. Washington football team plus three against the Carolina Panthers. I really want to fade the Cam Newton hype. He returned last week. I mean, at this point last week, he wasn't even on the Panthers roster. Now he's set to start this game, has to learn a totally new offense. I know he had a a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown, but those were all simple packages for him. And he screams in the camera, I'm back, and everyone goes crazy. So I just love the idea of fading like a former superstar where there's so much hype around him. And I think there's a overreaction in this line and cam wasn't very good last season. There's a reason the Patriots released him before the year. And on the other side, he's facing a former head coach in Ron Rivera, who's returning to Carolina after being a longtime head coach of the Panthers. And he took the team to a Super Bowl with cam. So Rivera, a defensive guy is going to be able to, know how to defend Cam Newton in this game. And on when Washington has the ball, we saw the Washington football team really struggle in the red zone in the last few games before the bye, specifically that Packers game where they had five trips in the red zone and only ended up, I believe, getting a field goal. So the I like the Washington football team to move the football in this game, hopefully turn those appearances into touchdowns like they did against Tampa Bay last week. So I think Washington's defense has a little bit more room to improve, even though they're off a big win. So I'm going to take the Washington football team, fade Cam Newton. I'll take the Washington football team. We'll grade at plus three, but there's definitely plus three and a half out there. So make sure to bet it at that number. I'm going to go to the NBA for my best bet, Nate. I'm going to go the Oklahoma City Thunder minus two and a half against the Houston Rockets. And I, I just don't, I'm not sure why it's so low. Houston is a bad team. They, they've lost 12 in a row this season. I don't know how, why they are a short underdog in any of these situations. They're playing in Oklahoma City too. So I, I'm taking OKC minus two and a half. If you don't like the two and a half, take the OKC money line. 
I think Oklahoma City wins this game. We've seen them beat really good teams this season. We've seen them stay fairly close to good teams this season as well. And I wrote this in the WatchStadium.com article. They're battle-tested. This is a team that has played good teams and stayed close to them for a majority of the game. I like them at home. There's not really many injury situations with this team right now for, for either side. I think Kevin Porter Jr. might be questionable for the Rockets. So if he's out, I obviously like OKC even more. Um, but I, I think the Rockets get it done, or excuse me, I think the Thunder get it done at home against the Rockets, and I think they can cover that two and a half um, by pretty easily. It's the, the Rockets are just such a bad defensive team. I think OKC can take advantage. Um, if you don't like a side, suggest the under two thirteen and a half. I think it's a little high. Um, these are two really bad offensive teams. Um, so I think the under is a play here. But I, my best bet, Nate, is going to be OKC minus two and a half. Yeah, I think I'm going to uh, join the NBA train with you um, on future Wednesdays, but I'm going to wait till after the college football season. Maybe once That's we get smart. to the NFL playoffs, take a look at some college basketball um, and then NBA. But for now, strictly football, but there's a chance I'll be on, on NBA uh, in about two months' time. I like it. We'll have some good NBA talks then. Um, but for now, good luck to everyone. Thursday night football, um, NBA, college basketball, whatever you're betting in the next couple days, we will be back on Friday with all of our best bets for the weekend. And uh, we'll talk to you then. Mm-hmm.